Let's start off very, very basic. Will a six pack help me as a soccer player? Logically. Why pregame meals are important. If you do strength training, you can generate more force on the ground. It will take you less stride to get that ball. Until you get there, you can make that up with hard work and dedication and training. On top of it, right? So if you're a player that has little to no training history, imagine the, the gains and speed that you can get in such a short period of time because you're doing things. This is why strength training is important. I don't care how you do your strength training. I don't you know some people like to go to the gym. I just wanted to double down on that really quick. The point is you have to get stronger. Hello, soccer players. Welcome to the latest episode of the Soccer Fitness Experience. It's me, your host, Andy, with my co-host, Berg. Berg, how you doing today, bro? I'm hanging. You know, some meal prepping. You know, I'm, I'm you know, cooking some new dish, trying some new things. What you got, man? Weekend. What you cooking? I don't know if I should say it out loud, man. Like, they, they might kill me. <laughs> <laughs> like, one of my friends lives in the farm, and he, he, he has some rabbits. So, like, he gave oh, me some weird. rabbit meat, and I'm, I'm yeah. like, prepping it. But my girlfriend don't want to eat it. Yo, <laughs> so let, me, let me know how it tastes, bro. I heard it's like chicken and it's like pork. It's like it's really? a mix. Yeah, I haven't tried yet. Oh. It. It's still it's 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 been cooked right now. I I got more questions for you later, but okay. we have a, <laughs> we have a very special guest with us today, uh, Julia from uh, White Line Performance. Julia, how you doing? Welcome to the podcast. It's yeah, been a welcome. Minute, but we got you on. So uh, thanks I for know. coming out. I'm really excited to be here. Thanks so much for uh, continually extending the invitation. I appreciate that, and I'm excited <laughs> to be here. Glad we made it work. <laughs> we made it work. You're here. And uh, Julia, tell the people a little bit about your background. Like, what do you do? So um, for all intents and purposes, and to sound super pretentious, because that's always a good way to start, uh, I'm a psychophysiologist, <laughs> which means oh. <laughs> I'm a... Um, a sports scientist and a sports psychology expert. So I work in, in essentially neuroscience research, how stress impacts the body, movement, and high performance. So psychophysiology is my exec branch. Uh, to come down to the normal level that I work at every day, I'm a strength and conditioning coach, and I do some mental training on the side. Work as a researcher at the German Sport University, played soccer until college, and had my roundabouts with injuries and that just put me on the bench and then I found a spot there. So I love working on the sidelines and, and helping athletes play at max capacity every day. So I guess that's what we're going to talk about. That's crazy. Cause I would have, I would have get, I would not have guessed um, the, the, the psychology, the psychology background in there. I, <laughs> I just thought you were a strength coach. Cause I just, your Instagram just always detailed everything about strength and conditioning. Yeah, I got all the degrees. It was an accident, but I got all of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's Kanye West to say. Yeah, it's Kanye West to say the only thing that can keep you warm at night is more degrees. So. I mean, I was just going to say what, what Colin would say. <laughs> Another one. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, today we're talking to you about something that's pretty cool, I think. Um, the psychology of penalty kicks. Because I think this is the one area of the game where um, it's very clear from a psychological perspective um, what is being utilized. And the fact that everybody knows that professional players or even like college and high school players, everybody can make a penalty kick when like when no one's watching mm -hmm. or like you're in practice. But when it comes down to it, like let's say a World Cup final, Champions League final, 
there, there's a huge difference in terms of performance between practice and the game. And it's not really from a physical perspective, other than the fact that maybe your legs are a little bit tired. Uh, tactically, you know, that's not really playing into it. Technically, everybody knows you can make the kick. The one difference, I think, is psychologically. So, like, what's your, like, big picture-wise, like, when it comes to psychology, what's going on with penalty kicks? Right, so first we got to zoom out, and I think uh, it's just a wording thing, but I think you guys know this more than any anybody else uh the three of us the brain controls everything so the brain controls the nervous system so when we talk about it, it's not physical what well, is physical because the brain is still controlling everything that's happening in the body through the nervous system um and so when we feel that stress whether it's fear fear of failure uh just feel like we're being spotlighted put on the spot we tend to and I say we because I think all of us have been in the situation more than once probably mm -hmm. we tend to want to over control the skill that we're executing, in which case we bring ourselves back to a beginner skill level, even though we know, like you said, technically and tactically, we can do that skill when we're not thinking about it. If it was the run of play from the penalty spot, no problem. You know, and the goalie doesn't have, I mean, they have pretty much a 50-50 chance, the keeper does. So from run of play, your, your odds would be better if you're somebody who struggles with stress, because if you're somebody who struggles with stress and overthinking, you're probably gonna wanna try and over control that skill that you've done a thousand times, which then tends to make us flop. <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing how it's just a, a, a simple, a simple skill is just, you just put the ball in the back of the net. The, the, the ball comes at literally like 60 <clears throat> to 90 kilometers per, not kilometers per hour. Right. And then the keeper has like 0.44, like, give or take 0.50 seconds to react like they, there's no way they should be able to get, to get yeah. that ball but somehow the 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 i think i i was reading something um this morning how the the stat dropped by like a ridiculous amount the the success rate of making the penalty it dropped significantly during like high pressure situation mm -hmm. and it's just it, it's kind of crazy when you think about it yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you think about even the difference in penalty kicks from when athletes are standing at a 2-2 in a final, and this could be the 3-2, the, the game, you know, the match winner, or if it's 5-0 and you've got a penalty and can make it 6-0, you know, there's no pressure mm. on that. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't even have to be a PK situation at the end of a match. It can just be in the run of play, there's a PK that could be the match winner or could be important, could put you up in the first 20 minutes. Um, and again, some athletes really tend to struggle with stress and getting, um, perceiving that there's something dangerous even to the ego about this situation. And some people live off of that hype. So it really just depends on the athlete. Some people perform really, really well. And the thing that we know about flow is, again, the, the brain controls everything, even the body. So when athletes are in that flow state and not really thinking that frontal lobe, um, is not activated. There's very little activation in in your front, your prefrontal cortex is what it's called, but that's where you execute uh, thought, judgment, you make decisions from that prefrontal cortex, and that's not active. So when we try and over control that skill and overthink it, this then becomes active and we get out of that mm -hmm. flow state. So you've already set yourself up to fail if you're overthinking something. Whereas if, if you're somebody who thrives off of pressure, you're probably going to stay in flow and then this is just going to make you even more you know, in your, what's it called in English? And you're just in your element even more, um, mm. even more in your flow state because you've automatized that and you know how to do it. You 
bash it into the upper 90 or something like that. But for most of us, that's not how it works. So what you're, what yeah, you're saying is like, if you're a player, your goal should be to get into this flow state. Yeah. Yeah. How do we, if you're a player, how do we get there? Yeah. How do you train for that? So that's what we don't know. We are yet to, in psychology, be able to figure out how to force players essentially into flow states or do it um, at the push of a button. We know that there's an overwhelming sense of joy when you're in flow. Like you guys have probably been in flow state before, right? Have you ever experienced a time, whether in work or play or in studying or writing a test or working with somebody where you're just like, it's fun. You feel like you have control over it. It's just really, really enjoyable. And you know exactly what you're doing. You're both nodding your head. So I'm assuming yeah, Time flies when, when you're in the flow. You don't realize what's going on. You just superman at that point exactly um and so we know the characteristics of flow uh you have to really enjoy something um you feel like you're controlling it and you don't have that fear of failure and you also don't have you tend to have a very large ego when you're in flow because it feels like you can do anything but we don't actually know how to get into it but joy is a major factor so still enjoying what you do would help so then if you can't, uh, if they don't know exactly, you haven't been in enough research to, you know, get people to get into that excitement zone, right? Mm-hmm. Then uh, how do they, I haven't looked into this matter yet, but how do they train people for just penalty kick? How do you, how do you replicate those high stressful scenarios then? Because you got to prepare those, you got to prepare to take penalty. Totally. And I think a lot of people fail because they don't train for penalties. They only wait until the last match thinking, oh, when we make the World Cup final, then we're trained for penalties. No, you have to train for penalties, not just for the kicking, but also for the pressure. So a thousand reps, um, always training. Um, First of all, obviously the technical and tactical side of it, being able to execute the kick. And then under different types of pressure, be it noise or um, an audience or different kinds of psychological and physiological stressors, time pressure, things of that nature. So the more you train under stress, then the more your brain and body, your nervous system says, oh, I've been here before, it's not a big deal. It's not threatening to me anymore. So preparation is always key. Always key. Like I see people like do some weird stuff and like Ronaldo, he does the same thing every time he takes his penalty. It's like down to the routine, like the, yeah. the when he starts stepping back, and then when he like spread his leg and get his arm <laughs> out yeah. to the side, like he yeah. routinely does this. And I, I maybe that's one of those tricks that he used to just trying to keep himself calm before he take that spot again. Well, it's a hundred percent automatic, right? He has that skill completely automatized from the second it starts to the second it ends for him. I'm sure that his prefrontal cortex isn't active at all. He's just practiced it so many times. That's amazing. So do you think it's valuable for players to kind of get a routine, not like do Ronaldo's routine, but like, you know, make, make up their own to help them. Maybe it won't completely get you into that flow state, but like, do you think routines like that can like boost confidence and like help you like automate something at least? Absolutely. So I really, uh, this isn't directly related to penalty kicks, but we always work, um, in sports psych with getting athletes to a pre-performance routine because that can help just at the start of a match to get yourself ready and set you up to be in flow state and and essentially increase your chances of getting into it because we don't know exactly how to get you there um 
but to essentially take away decision fatigue. So you're not overthinking. You're not trying to control that skill so hard. You're not trying to think, am I going bottom left? Am I going bottom right? What's the keeper doing? Uh, you're not over controlling. Um, and it's just, like I said, the same thing every time. So you take away as many decisions as possible, as much internal stress as possible. Um, and the same can be done for penalty kicks. If you know that you're the one who routinely gets chosen or you're going to have to do it in the final. Um, yeah, a routine routines are super helpful. Can only recommend them for essentially everything we do in sport. Have you, have you going on the other side of the, the penalty kicking process, right? The part that people forget. <laughs> no, I'm talking about the, the keeper. I know. People <laughs> forget that the keeper is under a ton of stress too. <laughs> like, have, have you, like, if I'm a keeper, one of my strategies will be to just increase the amount of stress that the kickers <laughs> should mm -hmm. be under right have you is there have you talked to any keeper at all about like what sort of strategy they use to make the the penalty kicker like even more nervous i know the the strategy of trying to make yourself look big um now obviously they're so strict about coming off the line in the last couple yeah, of tournaments have. that's been interesting i don't know how that's going to progress um, as far as those rules, because the rule, they used to be able to come way out in the box in order to save penalty kicks, but not anymore. Um, I know a lot of, a lot of them tend to try and make themselves really big. The problem is, yeah, intimidation works to a certain degree, but that also has to perform, making sure that the keeper is also in place to make the save, to make the decision, because they do have to make a decision um, and, you know, check all the, the signs of but this it's so, athlete. So. It's so not fair for them because they have very, <laughs> very little time to react. Totally. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I read... Um, it's pretty read, much just a best guess. <laughs> that is true. I read somewhere, um, like I think it was like a, like a, like a World Cup um, quarterfinal or semifinal, I think Germany versus Argentina. And the mm. dude had the stats of where the player um, kicked their last seven penalty. And then he had it written in a paper and he put the paper in his socks, right? So he would just, <laughs> <laughs> he would just take, before the player take the penalty, he would just take it out and read it in front of them. Mm -hmm. And then he would point to where he placed his last seven penalty. <laughs> yeah. And then guess what? He saved, I think he believe he saved four penalties. That, that. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's some, that's some crazy. Yeah, that's insane. I don't see people do do things like that anymore. <laughs> so what other strategies can keepers do to boost their performance? Because when you're saying flow, flow state for the, um, the striker, whoever's taking the penalty, when I'm thinking of a keeper, I'm thinking, okay, let's get them out of that flow state if you're, you want to disrupt the opposition. Um, do you think keepers should really focus more so on that, or should they focus on their own performance? You know, it's tough. It's really tough on the keepers because they're constantly being taken in and out of the flow state regardless. Like they're constantly being disrupted. It's oh, true. Yeah, be, be true. in the box, get off, get out, you know, because we're switching we're taking turns. So it's not just a one shot wonder. It's like all of the strikers are. It's a get in, get out, get in, get out. Um, and it's going to be a different player every time. So they're probably looking at different cues. They might be trying to run over the stats in their head. What do we watch on the film? Where do they usually place? Blah, 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 if it's a penalty kick situation. So the keeper's already disrupted. They're definitely not in flow state. Um, 
what I usually see with keepers is we have more of an issue of they're really upset, <laughs> like very highly physiologically aroused as opposed to um, the opposite of that would be, you know, really chill and close to that flow state. They're not, they have to make a decision. And a lot of them go with the intimidation tactics. I, the intimidation is the easy part. And to me, it's kind of just fluff and it doesn't usually work. <laughs> like, uh-huh. um, at least with the strikers that I've discussed and when I was playing, it never really worked. Like it was distracting and annoying, but it wasn't enough to get me out of the zone. Um, because for the most part, everybody has their own routine and are focused on where they're going to place, et cetera. So for keepers, I always encourage, all right, find your spot so that you're anchored, like find a spot on the field so that you're anchored to the line so that you are like, I'm here, I'm going to perform, I'm in this moment, so you can be in the, the present second and then focus in on the striker as opposed to doing some wild shit over there on the line because <laughs> it can get excessive. Yeah, it can. I, I can. And, <laughs> and the, at the end of the day, We've both sides have to perform, so they do need to focus on their performance. It's hard, though. People don't really talk about keepers' mental training and they get overlooked. I mean, you just, just imagine, right? You just save. You just made, like, four incredible save, like mm-hmm. the first – 30 minutes of the game and in the second half is two nothing and then all the all yeah. the save that you made is just like gone like yeah. how do you keep your confidence up when it's like flip-flopping every time one minute you're the savior one minute like you can get scored on so easily yeah and um i always say in the in the run of play for keepers because it is not fair a lot of their performance is based on statistics or their judge their performance is judged based on statistics whereas for the most part we aren't um field players aren't and for keepers, the ball has to get through 10 other players in order to get to them in the first place. So it's the whole team's fault, so to mm. speak. I'm making quotations. It's their fault. But in penalty kick situations, mm. it's the keeper and a player. So it's a really tough mental game. Um, but it's important to be able to let every single – if it's a penalty kick situation like PKs at the end of a match, to let every single mistake go, but to let every success keep you confident. So allow mm. yourself – if you make a save – let that boost your confidence. If you miss, let it go because holding on to that doesn't mean anything about making or missing the next save. Um, it, you also can't change the past, so there's no point in dwelling on that. It's tricky. It's hard. It is tricky. So we talked about both the player and the uh, the goalkeeper. What can like coaches, like head coaches, assistant coaches, what can they do – um, in terms of being in that specific moment to help, is there anything they could do to help their team at that point? Or is all of their help kind of coming in through training? Don't scream at your players. <laughs> well, I don't know if that's, <laughs> I've seen so many coaches do it. What yeah, are you I mean, doing? It, it, once it's come to the game situation, it very rarely helps, right? Like a lot of times coaches are like, what are you doing? Exactly. What are you doing? It's like, what are you helping? Because the coach is supposed to give the guidance and preparation beforehand with their planning. Mm. And so let the players execute once they're out there. Again, this should be all automatized. And as soon as we're trying to control things, we take it out of the automatic state. uh, And now we're out of flow. Now we're out of what we know how to do. So the best thing that the coach can do is not distract them, encourage them, let give them some level of confidence, especially your keeper, especially if they're missing. Um, hmm. you know, try and boost the athlete's confidence, but otherwise giving instructions and things like that will just make them think more, which isn't optimal for a game situation, let alone a PK situation. 
Now I know um, you said you guys haven't found anything yet as, as to how to get to the best flow. Um, now, what has the latest research, you know, any sort of like breakthrough, even if it's very little in terms of you know, significance of it, but what have you guys found as of late? Well, I can refer you to his name's Chikset Mihai. <laughs> Have fun saying that. Chikset Mihai is the same. Mihai. But he wrote a book called Flow State, I believe is what it's called, or The Art of Flow. Um, and he's done a, published a ton of research on it. So there's a lot to flow. There's a lot of characteristics of flow. But again, you have to enjoy it and you have to have the ability to it's important that every athlete knows where their kind of zone of optimal performance is. Like if you're somebody who needs to be hyped up before a game and you function really well under that high arousal, you need to do that beforehand. Like you need to know where you perform best and get yourself closer to that in order to get into that flow state. Uh, if you're somebody who's naturally really hyped up and tends to feel upset or anxious before a match and struggle with performance pressure, then you need to bring yourself down because you function better under lower arousal. So you need to get yourself closer to that state. Um, and that can help set you up to get into flow because flow doesn't just come out of nowhere. We have to be set up for it. Sometimes it comes, sometimes it doesn't. So. That's a yeah. crazy, that's a, that's a crazy denominator to control. Yeah. It's a lot of self-awareness though. So. I can only encourage players to have those routines and know like, where is my threshold? And when I get too high, I get too anxious. When I get too low, I don't have enough hype going on. I'm not fit, um, but know where your mental performance zone is and get yourself there. I think, I think English players could benefit a lot from, from this podcast because um, they're not really that great <laughs> at, uh, <laughs> at penalty taken. <laughs> Historically. <laughs> oh, yeah, historically. Every time. We like to bring that up. The German in me loves to bring that up. <laughs> but it is but true. The Germans, like, they though, don't really do well. <laughs> they, they don't really do well. Yeah. The Germans are nice at them, though. And yeah. Like, yeah that, that, things like that make me think that, like, okay, are they really that much better? Or does the perception of them being better, does that, like, kind of feed off to other people? Like, totally, let's say I'm both. going against a German team. Like, I'm scared because, like... Mm -hmm. Like mentally, I think they're better than me at penalties, you know? Historically, mm -hmm. they have better goalkeepers than most other nations, too. I mean, yeah. when you have Manuel Noya, you have to, and Oli Khan, you have to say you're the best goal, um, goalkeeping nation in the world at that point. No, that is true. Um, but Germany has always practiced penalty kicks in normal training, like in lead ups to tournaments and whatnot. Penalty kicks are just a part of training, update players getting out there and striking at the end of practice. So, when when other teams come to face Germany or know that they have Germany in their group and they start taking penalty kicks, then they're already years behind the German team who uh, has already had penalty kicks on the program for a long time. So again, thousands and thousands and thousands of rep makes it awfully easy to execute under stress once you get out there. So when I think of, or when you gave the recommendations of coaching, helping players do better in penalties, that's introduced at a much earlier mm -hmm. age in Germany compared to other countries. Yeah, and regularly. So. Wow, okay. Yeah. I think it will be, it will be a, a advantageous to the team to, like, when you not just practice the skill of taking a penalty, but adding some sort of stressors into the situation, mm -hmm. get some money involved. Or make know, it competitive, get, yeah. Yeah, exactly. get some shit talkers on the field and yeah. just, just, just 
talk mad shit to, yeah. <laughs> to people so that, you know, they can replicate that. Totally. You know, it doesn't compare to like, like 50,000 people on a stadium just staring at you, taking a penalty. But Yeah, but I mean, if, if the team who loses has to go run 800 repeats, you know, there's mm. some stress behind that. But I mean, you can figure out unique ways to do stressors, 100 burpees for time for the losing team. Like you oh, can figure no, out no, how to no, do no, 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 psychological no. and physiological stressors. Um, or for example, just at the end of practice when everybody's really tired, that's another thing. If you're physically tired, you're probably mentally tired too because decision fatigue is real. So if you have at the end of a long practice, all right, everybody line up, we're going to take PKs now. That's, that's also stress. Okay. Well, that was all very helpful information. I think we learned a lot today. Um, players, we want to get into this flow automatic state. Uh, we want a routine. We want to boost our confidence. For goalkeepers, you have to really have a, a see your own routine as well. Um, and for coaches, the preparation is done well beforehand. And yeah. when it comes down to actual the actual match, there's not much you can do. And there's not much you should do at that point either. Is that all like? Big picture-wise, yeah. what's going on? Okay. Yeah, great. Cool. Well, Julia, thank you so much for coming on to the yeah, podcast. Where can where can the listeners find you if we have questions? You can find me on the Instagrams at White Lion Performance. That's pretty much me overall, is White Lion Performance. On Twitter, I am at the Julia Lion, and I like to talk lots of shit online. So hit me up. <laughs> if you got questions, if you want to troll me, whatever it may be, I am at your service on those locations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should, if you're a soccer player or a coach, uh, definitely follow Julia. She posts really good content, and yeah, I, I really like taking it in because i learned a lot from it so definitely yeah i do out. too well, i appreciate you guys because um somebody has to break down complicated shit and make it easy to understand for these players so that they know how to advocate for themselves so i appreciate what you guys do <laughs> it's and it's that it's not easy too like those you got big science term and you're trying to like break it down yeah, into to language that people can understand mm-hmm. but they get, need to know yeah they do i mean i feel like there's a paywall between you know like athletes and real information which is essentially science okay how do we make science now reasonably understandable for players who need to understand it or people who need to understand it so it's important work thank you okay thank you for the work you do too you also look so like we'll you live you live in a gym like every time i see it's like i wonder if she got a bedroom in the gym. she's there all the time i go home sometimes sometimes nope. sometimes <laughs> <laughs> thank you so All much right. boys i appreciate your time and uh enjoy Absolutely. your rabbits <laughs> hey let's keep it on a low man like people <laughs> i don't get criticized for animal cruelty <laughs> peter's coming up your ass right now okay yes <laughs> all right we'll see y'all next week all right peace